We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right, hello, friends, and welcome to the show. We'll be with you for the next two hours talking University of Miami basketball, some football, women's basketball, ACC. we got all kinds of stuff coming up for you on the program. We kick it off, however, uh, kick it off right away with University of Miami basketball coach Jim Laranega. Last night, the Hurricanes were in South Bend, Indiana, lost to Notre Dame. We got back about 2 a.m., and I think Coach L got right back on an airplane. And uh, joining us now from the road, I believe, Coach L, how are you tonight? I'm good, Joe. I'm on the road recruiting and uh, just left a high school basketball game on the way to the airport. I'll be flying back at back about midnight tonight. So, you so got... it's been uh, quite an interesting 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't get home until about 2 a.m. from South Bend. And, you, and I know you're up in the uh, eastern part of the United States. You went back east. So you went from the Midwest, south, then uh, up to the east coast. Yeah, I, I uh, got in about 2 uh, got up at six, uh, took a, a flight out of Miami, uh, stopped in Charlotte br- briefly, and then up to New England, uh, watched a high school basketball game, a very, very good game. It went overtime. And, and then, uh, I'm back. I'm actually in an Uber right now, <laughs> heading, heading, heading to the airport. All right. Very good. Well, We'll just uh, we'll, we'll try to make this as efficient as possible. Uh, I'd rather talk about the Virginia Tech triple overtime game than last night, but we do have to touch on last night a little bit. It was a barrage of three-pointers. The game opened pretty well the first 10 minutes. Uh, I think it kind of went the way you wanted, but then a barrage of three-pointers uh, kind of opened the floodgates. Well, what's, what's interesting and also disappointing, Joe, is we were playing very good defense in the three wins that we had. Uh, against Boston College, Wake Forest, and Virginia Tech. Um, But against Notre Dame, we played pretty good defense on them in the first 10 minutes. And then with about, I'll say, five or six minutes to go in the first half, they just went on a tear. We we made some critical errors in decision-making at the offensive end. We missed a layup. Uh, The guy who shot the layup fell to the ground. We turned it over, and each of those mistakes led to wide-open threes. And Notre Dame is the kind of team, especially at home, and especially in front of a great crowd, 
They really got it going at the end of the half, and it it, it went from like 32-27 uh, to 49-27 in a minute. Yeah. And uh, that kind of ended our chances. Although I told the team at halftime we needed to make some adjustments in the defense and maybe we could fight our way back. But we never got it even into single digits in the second half. It's interesting as the season unfolds, uh, when you when you examine all the teams, we've seen almost all of them now, but still uh, Georgia Tech's coming up. It's interesting how uh, each team is a little bit different, how the strategy is different. And you told the team about Notre Dame. It's pretty simple. Uh, they don't turn the ball over because they make simple passes on the perimeter and they shoot threes. And so your defense was uh, trying to – uh, run them off the three-point line and finish plays by rebounding, but they kind of uh, have a simple game plan. Notre Dame, right? They pass, make easy passes, and it's a good formula. Shoot threes if you got the guys who can do it. Well, they've got so many guys who can shoot the three, and then they've got a player in John Mooney who is is going to vie for Player of the Year in our league. He's averaging a double double. He's had a great senior year. And he's Mr. Inside and Outside. He can post you up. He's a far better athlete than most people think. Uh, and he can also nail the three-point shot. So he's a very hard matchup for us. Keith Stone had the responsibility. Uh, and I thought did a, a pretty good job in the first 10 minutes. But then we sub, and then, then he started to get it going. Uh, and, and then what ha- ends up happening uh, our matchups are not correct as the game goes on. Rodney Mill is a perfect matchup for Juwan Durham, and they kind of played each other evenly. However, when they took Juwan Durham out, uh, we were resting some other guys, and, and Rodney had to guard some three-point shooters, and they were able to connect. So we had to get Rodney out and put uh, Sam Wardenberg back in, and it's like a chess match going back and forth. And unfortunately... Uh, for us, Mike Bray, the coach of Notre Dame, had the answers, and, and we just didn't. Yeah, Goodwin hit a couple of big shots for them. He comes from a, a basketball family, and uh, sometimes three-pointers, it's when you hit them, right, Coach? I mean, you, uh, the timing of them, and, and their timing was just right on the money. Yeah, it really was, Joe. Um, and With about four and a half minutes left, I looked up at the clock, and we were down seven. And I debated whether to call a timeout or wait until the four-minute four TV timeout. And looking back on it, I should not have done that. I, I should have called the timeout with four minutes and 30 seconds. Because what happened in those next 30 to 40 seconds really was the difference in the game. They, they uh, hit a three, and then we turned it over. They hit another three, and then we missed the layup and fell down, and they hit another three. So... They, they went from uh, up 7 to up 16, and I got the timeout, but it, it was really too little too late. Well, they've won uh, 6 of 8. They're charging, trying to get into the NCAA tournament. So that was an important game for them. They were well-rested. They, they had played uh, Monday nights, so they had all week to rest. So uh, you kind of went into a hornet's nest there. Uh, Isaiah Wong, by the way, for the second straight week, uh, earns ACC recognition, ACC Rookie of the Week for the second straight week. Yeah, and uh, no other rookie has done that this year. The last one to do it was Kobe White 
at the University of North Carolina last season. And Isaiah deserves the recognition, especially with the, the wins. You know, when we, when we beat Virginia Tech in triple overtime, Isaiah 11 straight points. He hit eight straight free throws and a three-pointer with us down seven to tie the game. And then Cam McGusty made the layup and free throw to put it into overtime. And then we were able to pull it out in, in triple overtime. So uh, Isaiah's, you know, really coming on strong at the tail end of his freshman year. You know, uh, we talked uh, last night about Isaiah in the Virginia Tech game in the locker room, you and I, and I thought you uh, you just made a great point, something that probably anybody watching that game would not have recognized. And it was a very shrewd move on your part. And you, uh, you put Isaiah in that game late because a lot of fouls are being called, and he gets to the free throw line. Well, what happened is uh, Chris Likes picked up his fourth foul, and we had to decide who to play at the point. And Isaiah normally plays either at the two guard or one of the wing positions. And I decided uh, we decided to put him in at the point guard position uh, because of the way the officials were calling the game. Uh, a lot of fouls were being called on us. I, uh, we were hoping that if I put Isaiah at the point, uh, they would call a lot, a lot of fouls on them because Isaiah really attacks. And he did the first time he attacked, he drew the foul, made the two free throws. So he did exactly the same thing the next time down the floor. The referees called another foul. He made four consecutive free throws, then six, then eight consecutive free throws. And that that got us going again. We were back in the mix and, and, and trying to pull out a game in regulation. And then uh, Cam Augusti stepped up, made a driving layup with five seconds to go, got fouled and made the free throw. And uh, that put the game into overtime. What was it like? Uh, you said you had never coached a triple overtime game. I don't think I ever broadcast a triple overtime game. But uh, there was uh, a lot of uh, poise down the stretch. Were you were you happy about that? Yeah, I I, I thought being on the road, and I, I think Virginia Tech uh, has one of the best home court advantages because their crowd is very vocal. Their student section is really incredible. And they had their pep band there, and they were going wild. I know their assistant coaches are standing up and waving to the, the student body to get into it, and they surely did. Uh, but uh, our guys didn't seem to be impacted by that. They didn't let it be a distraction. They, they actually focused better at the defensive end of the floor down that stretch because we had been fouling. We quit fouling and started playing some really good team defense. I got to give Keith Stone a lot of credit for that because he was everywhere defensively and ended up getting 18 rebounds, Joe. The last ACC player to get 18 rebounds was Tim Duncan over 20 years ago. Yeah, that was uh, – he was was spectacular in the game uh, against Virginia Tech. When you look at the progress – uh, that Isaiah has made and, and Harlan and even Anthony Walker here in the second half of the season, uh, you challenged him in terms of, of uh, maybe uh, more effort. And you see some of the shots he's making and some of the plays he's making. How encouraged uh, does that 
make you not only for the rest of what you have for this year, but uh, what's coming up for those guys in the offseason going in the, into next year? Yeah, even going into this season, Joe, and, and our fans probably don't uh, realize this, but uh, this year we started out the season with seven new players who did not play last season. So we were, we were bringing back uh, four veteran guys with seven new guys and trying to blend their talents. And I think as this season has gone on, uh, we can see as a coaching staff and, and as a basketball program that our future next season is far brighter than it was to start this year. Now, we can still end this year on a positive note if we can can win these next few games. But I think next year we'll go into the season feeling like we can compete with the best teams in our league and with the best teams in the country. By the way, Isaiah now has made it nine straight games in double figures. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, for a rookie, I don't know if we've had anybody, not even Bruce Brown or Lonnie Walker, were able to do that. Uh, you know, going into last night's game for eight games, he was averaging almost 18 points a game, 17.17.4 points a game, and shooting a ridiculous number uh, from three-point range, 54%, and even better, his free throws uh, going into last night's game, he was 42 of his last 46 free throws. Yeah, and that was something we saw in high school, Joe, that he was a terrific free-throw shooter, and terrific at getting to the foul line a lot. So uh, it was kind of, I won't say surprising, that, that he didn't get off to a better start as a freshman. What, what I would say is every freshman is on his own timetable. We put in the same offense, the same defenses, and some guys learn them quickly. Other guys, it takes a little bit longer. But they all learn it, and, and once they do, they're more comfortable and more confident in their execution. And Isaiah is someone that got a great opportunity to get substantial playing time when uh, uh, Chris Likes and Cam Augusti got hurt and weren't able to play for four games. Isaiah and Harlan were able to get a lot of minutes, 36, 37, 38 minutes in a ball game. And that made them very, very comfortable and confident in their game, feeling like, hey, I now know what I'm doing. Coach is confident in me. So uh, Isaiah and Harlan and Anthony Walker are all doing a very nice job as this season winds close to the end. Harlan had uh, 12 last night driving uh, to the rim. And when he gets in the lane, he's, he's tough to stop. Do you, uh, do you talk to him or do you see – uh, what he can become, because I, I see, I think, it looks like he can put on maybe, he's going to keep growing, I guess is what I'm going to say. It looks like he's not done growing. He's already 6'4", and he's got these uh, long arms, so when he gets in the, into the lane, he can get right to the rim. Yeah, I think Harlan's uh, potential is, is definitely very high. Um, his size, his length, his athletic ability, He's got a nice handle. He's got a nice assortment of layups. We'd like him to shoot the ball a little bit more consistently. And he did that in high school. But in college, you know, defenses are a little bigger, a little quicker. So it's made it a little bit more challenging for him. But uh, we're very happy 
with Harlan and all our freshmen. And uh, my Uber driver has just pulled up to the airport. Okay. I'm getting out of the car. So give me a chance to get uh, into the airport, Joe. Okay, we'll take a commercial. We'll get we'll get back with you. We'll take this will be a good. All right, no, I'm I'm good. I can stay on if okay. you want, but uh, I need to get indoors now. I'm outdoors, and it's not 75 like <laughs> it is in Florida up here in the Northeast. It's about 40 degrees, and I got a winter coat on. I've got a jacket, a sweatshirt. It, to me, it is freezing. I want to get back home as quickly as I can. All right. We'll let you uh, – we're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to come right back to you. We're going to break for like two and a half minutes so you get organized inside the airport. Then we're going to talk about Georgia Tech, and then we'll let you get to the gate so you can get back home to the uh, warm weather in South Florida. We'll continue on the Hurricane Hotline with University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega, and uh, we'll do that right after this. Home of the U, AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right, we continue on. University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega is with us. He's uh, recruiting, so now he's in the airport. Uh, A little bit warmer, coach, now inside the airport? Yeah, I'm inside the airport just before I go through security, so I just stopped and took a seat. It's nice and quiet here. Okay. So I'm good to go. All right, we just have a couple more minutes, and then uh, we'll let you get through uh, the security uh, line. By the way, I know you can't talk about uh, players, but in general, recruiting for for you now, how do you feel about the – what do you feel about uh, the response you're starting to get now from future players? Yeah, I, I have a terrific assistant coaching staff. Uh, Chris Caputo, who's with me tonight, he's my associate head coach. He's been with me for 18 years, does an amazing job. Uh, Adam Fisher, who's been with us for seven years now, uh, seven of my nine years at Miami, Adam Fisher joined the staff uh, as the director of basketball operations and then became a full-time assistant when Eric Conkle left, and he's doing a great job. He was the point person that recruited uh, Lonnie Walker um, and then Bill Courtney who worked with us at George Mason and Bowling Green we're talking uh, 25 years ago he worked with me for for uh, nine years this is his 10th season uh, with me and my coaching staff and Bill does an amazing job in the recruiting arena so we're involved with some very good prospects, um, very optimistic for next year and uh, for the future of our basketball program. Louisville plays Florida State tonight uh, for first place yeah. in the ACC. Now, I think uh, I, I don't want to defend Florida State. That's hard for me to do that. But I believe this is the third or fourth time they've had a Saturday-Monday turnaround. And the Monday games have been North Carolina, Duke, and Louisville. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so they, that, that, I, that should be a heck of a game. I think I think those two teams and Duke, you know, have proven to be three of the top ten teams in the country. Uh, the question comes in is who's next in the ACC? And there's a lot of discussion about Virginia. Uh, they got a lot of preseason hype, and I think they've they've played pretty consistently this season. Tony Bennett does a magnificent job. 
Uh, I think NC State has put themselves in a position to get an at-large bid. I think Syracuse is in the running as well. And Notre Dame, uh, I think those are the next uh, three teams um, after uh, Louisville, Florida State, Duke, Virginia, then, then NC State, Syracuse, and Notre Dame, I think, are, are still very much in the hunt. Uh, of course, we, we would love to finish strong and, and get ourselves in consideration for postseason play. And you always have a chance if you can play really, really well during March, during the ACC tournament, uh, and earn yourself a, a bid to the NCAA tournament. Well, I have to admit, it is nice to look at your layup line and see a full complement of players. Yeah, it, it, it was so difficult during the month of January, Joe. Uh, that that was so challenging. When we went to North Carolina and only had six players, and uh, Carolina was not playing particularly well at the time. They had lost five or six in a row, yet we were so uh, overwhelmed by then. We were basically playing with a freshman team. And uh, now I think our guys are feeling better about themselves. We've won three out of four. Uh, Of course, Isaiah Wong has been the rookie of the year two weeks in a row. Uh, Chris Likes and and Cam Augusti are finally healthy again. Although Chris uh, had an injury late in the game, I just don't know how serious it is. We won't know for a couple of days because we're not practicing we didn't practice today. We're not practicing tomorrow, but we'll we'll find out Wednesday uh, how serious his injury is. Uh, Georgia Tech is next up. That'll be Saturday in Atlanta, eight o'clock tip off. They've uh, played pretty well on the road. Uh, Georgia Tech uh, got beat the other day, but uh, they play a lot of different defenses, don't they? Yeah, Georgia Tech has been very very good at home. They've won four in a row at home. Uh, and and are going to be a handful for us. They're a, an older team. Um, they've got some big guys. Moses Wright, uh, who is, I don't know, 6'9 or 10, uh, he scored 33 points the other day against Syracuse. Listen to this, Joe. He was 14 for 17 from the field. He made 14 shots on 17 attempts. I don't, I haven't heard anybody doing anything like that. And um, uh, Josh Pastner, their head coach, was claiming uh, and promoting uh, Moses Wright for the most improved player in the ACC this year, and he's certainly doing a great job. James Banks, their center, is 6'10". Um, they, they, they've got a full complement of players right now. Michael DeVoe is really, really good. Um, Alvarado is terrific. So we're going to have our hands full in Atlanta. Three uh, three big games remain. These are all, uh, you mentioned finishing strong and good opportunities, right? Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Syracuse. These are uh, name recognition teams, especially the final two at home. Yeah, um, these are the teams that are ahead of us in the standings. Georgia Tech is just one game ahead of us. Um, Syracuse is two games ahead. Uh, Virginia is kind of uh, too far ahead for us to catch, but uh, hopefully we can play well in our last two home games of the season. 
hopefully our, our fans will turn out and cheer us on to end this season on a high note with Syracuse and Virginia coming in. Yeah, because it is it is possible to get all the way up to, well, uh, inside of uh, the nine spot, which gets you out of the Tuesday game at the ACC tournament. That is still a possibility with some wins here in the last two weeks of the season. And that's that's always a goal. I don't know if our fans realize that the ACC tournament starts on a Tuesday, doesn't end till a Saturday, and the the top teams get a bye. Uh, the next group get a, a single bye, and the 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 bottom six have to play on opening day, which is Tuesday. Uh, you know, we we were uh, in a position uh, last year. Uh, I can't remember. Did we play? We played opening night, right, yeah, Joe? We played, we? Yeah, I played Wake Forest. Beat Wake Forest yeah. on opening day and then lost to Virginia Tech in the, the next round. So a lot of basketball still will be played. Yeah, you, we've done it both ways. We've had to play on a Tuesday, and you've had the double bye. Yeah, and that's the double bye. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't have to start till Thursday. You still have to win three games, though. It's not like it takes you to the finals. you got to – play Wednesday, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday if you want to win a championship. All right, Coach. Well, uh, I'm going to let you get through security so you can get back here uh, to South Florida and, and uh, coach your team here. Thanks for taking the time uh, to join us on the road while you're recruiting. Uh, long night, tough night last night. Get back on the plane to go uh, recruit some players. Uh, that's tough, tough duty today, but thank you for joining us here tonight. Really appreciate it. All right, Joe. Thank you. All right, that's uh, University of Miami, University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega, joining us here on the show. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the ACC with West Durham. West had the game last night, and uh, West does a television morning show uh, with Mark Packer, Packer and Durham, on uh, the ACC network. It's also on Sirius XM Radio. So West Durham will join us in the next segment. Then in the seven o'clock hour. A week from today is spring football. Spring football starts a week from today, next Monday. So uh, at 7 o'clock, 7.05, thereabouts, Derek King will join us on the show. We had a conversation with Derek King. So you'll hear what he has to say about coming to the University of Miami, what his goals are for spring football. So Derek King will join us. And then Katie Meyer will talk University of Miami women's basketball. And then we'll close the show out. We'll go back to football in the next hour with uh, Quincy Roche, University of Miami defensive end, who transferred in from Temple. So that's what's coming up in the next hour on the show. We'll get some spring football conversation as spring ball will start next Monday for Manny Diaz. They'll be on the practice field. That's hard to believe. Next Monday, and we'll go until like uh, spring football this year is going to go into August. No, it goes until April. They have a couple of weeks off. They're going to take a week off for spring break. And then I think there's another week. Uh, Coach Diaz was telling us last week that there's another week built in uh, to spring football that they're going to have off. And that's going to allow some guys that have some minor bumps and bruises to maybe recover for a week and then get back in involved in spring. So especially on the offensive side, if you lose a, a wide receiver or a tight end or lineman, you're putting in this new offense. This perhaps gives them a chance if they get injured not to miss any time on the field. So uh, when we come back, 
We'll turn our attention to the ACC, get an overview of the ACC with Wes Durham. We'll do that in just a moment. Let me talk to you about my favorite subject, Williamson Cadillac. And Williamson Cadillac has been a part of this fine community for over 52 years. Ed Williamson, his lovely wife, Carol Williamson, nobody does it better. Nobody knows how to sell sell a luxurious car better than Williamson Cadillac. And through those 52 years, it's been their pleasure serving this community with the same essence that represents the people who live here because Williamson is Miami. Nobody represents Miami better than Ed Williamson. Right now, you can experience everything that Williamson Cadillac has to offer. Escalades, XT4s, XT5s. I'm driving the XT5. Smooth, comfortable, roomy, safe. All the bells and whistles. It's just an outstanding drive. The XT6, and now the first ever 2020 CT4, Cadillac's Dynamic New Edition, the 2020 CT4. You can see all of this, all of these vehicles at their beautiful state-of-the-art facility, which is located at US1 and 104th Street, just south of the Palmetto Expressway, or go online. That's the easy way. You can check out their entire inventory online at WilliamsonCadillac.com. Williamson Cadillac, your premier luxury dealership. Williamson is Miami. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 